Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you, Father, that 2010 is ending. And behold, you want to do a new thing in our lives. So, Lord, we're open tonight to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say, not only to our church, but to us as individuals, as families. And we thank you in advance that what we hear is going to catapult us into a new year. And we declare that the things that are ahead of us far outweigh the things that are behind us. And that the blessings of the Lord that make us rich and add no sorrow are going to chase us down. And goodness and mercy is following us all the way into 2011. And we decree now that the word that we hear is going to change us and that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word as we teach it tonight. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person in this room spiritually in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Every year, I believe God gives vision and he gives promises for our lives. And also, I believe he does that for every church that is under the authority of Jesus Christ. This prophetic direction that he always gives us should not be taken lightly. I believe when God gives us a word, he gives us a word so that we can receive it, so that we can believe it, and then so we can walk in it. Can someone say amen? In 2009, he gave us a prophetic word that favor will come to the faithful. And many of us, I believe, were blessed with favor as long as we remained faithful and stayed in faith. And as you can see, God connected us with such a marvelous pastor, Joel Osteen, in 2010. I mean, can you imagine being connected to one of the nation's largest and most influential pastors? Everybody say that's favor. Amen. And God wants us to know that 2011 is going to be a year of possessing God's promises for your life. 2011 is going to be a year for expanding your vision. A year for you to dream and build and grow. In other words, God's best for you and I in 2011 is not behind us, but it's actually ahead of us. So tonight, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the title, which is Possessing the Promise. Everybody say, Possessing the Promise. And I want you to find two scriptures right quick. The first one is Isaiah chapter 54, Isaiah 54. And then I want you to find 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. That was Isaiah 54, verse 1. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. There are three points that I want to give you tonight. And I believe these points are going to help you and I possess the promises of God for our lives in 2011. 
Many of you that are here, some of you all may have had good year in 2010, or some of you all may not have had such a good year. But I want you to know that God wants you to know that in 2011, you need to raise your expectation because there are some things that he wants for you that, are, that supersede what your mind can receive right now. And in Isaiah chapter 54, in verse 1, it talks about a woman who did not have a baby. But then he told her, he says, I want you to sing, O barren woman. He said, break forth with singing. Cry aloud that who did not travail with a child. Watch this now. He says, because even the women who weren't married had more children than this woman. But he still told her to sing. Why did he tell her to sing? Because verse 2 is our scripture for the whole year. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. He's now telling this lady who did not have children. He said, first, I want you to sing. I want you to break forth with song. And then he says, I want you now to enlarge the place of your tent. He says, then I want you to let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. He says, spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Verse three, for you shall break forth on the right hand and on the left hand word of truth and your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate cities to be inhabited. I love the message translation. It says, clear the lots of your ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to live large. He says, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. He says, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. God is saying for 2011, you're not coming up short. He said, don't worry about it. You say, well, pastor, I was believing God last year and it didn't happen. Well, let me tell you something. God is bigger than last year. Amen. And so the first thing I want you to write down in order to possess the promises of God for your lives in 2011 is that you got to get a vision. Everybody say, get a vision. You need to get a vision. And vision comes in different forms. It comes in the form of desires. Vision comes in the form of a strong passions or a drive for something. Vision also happens or comes about. It comes in the form of wanting more for your life. Wanting more for your family. Watch this. Wanting more for the kingdom of God. Wanting more to help people. Amen. It could be for you maybe going back to school. You say, well, pastor, I'm too old. You're never too old. Listen, you're not too old until you're dead. The Bible says you will bring forth fruit even in your old age. Maybe you want to grow and expand your business. That's a vision. Maybe you want to have another kid. You say, well, pastor, I've been trying a whole lot. Well, listen, until you stop at 45, I got your beat. And then if you pass 45 and you still want a child, Abraham got you beat too. He was 90. Maybe you want your kids to get into private school. Maybe you just want to enter into a better meaningful relationship. But regardless of what your desires and your passions and your dreams are, I want you to know you got to start with a vision. Now, Habakkuk 2.3, you don't have to turn there. It says, write the vision and make it plain. 
He says, put it on tables that you can read it. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. He says it will not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. I love another translation. It says, and then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters. Why did he say do that? He says so that it can be read on the run. Listen, you got to get some vision in your life and you got to write it down. He says, write it with big block letters. He says, this vision, the message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait on it. It's on the way. And it will come right on time. And you may be saying, Pastor, I've been waiting on this vision for 2010 and then it turned into a nightmare. Well, what you don't understand is when God wants to do something big, he plans it out. See, one thing about God, God could have created the whole world in one day. But for some reason, he decided to divide it up in six days. In other words, I want you to know that, listen, when God wants to do something, he spreads it out because you can't rush perfection. And see, you may have some things that may not have happened in your life. But what I want you to see is that you got to see your life, your dream, your desires, your goal as a tall skyscraper. See, skyscrapers are not built overnight, but they're built over time. And when you see yourself and your life and your dreams and your goals and your desires, when you see it as a skyscraper, what you need to remember is that sometimes it is in the detail of the foundation that the beauty of the skyscraper is seen. See, when you get to the place that God has for you, people are going to wonder how'd you get there. They don't know that years went by and then all of a sudden that skyscraper skyscraper came up and they're going to go, how did you get there? But you got to start with vision. You never discount what, ex- what you experienced in the past, whether it was negative or positive. You know why? Because God has the ability to take that even which was negative and he can turn those ashes into beauty. See, God can take that test and make it a testimony. He can take that mess and he can bless it. Some of you all said, boy, pastor, boy, I, I need a lot of blessing going on in my life right now. God needs to bless some people in my life because how many know now you can be connected to people that ain't acting right? But see, I believe that if we get in position, God will bless us instead. You know, there's a story about a young man and he had a vision even though where he was did not uh, help the vision at all. He lived in the continent and country of Africa in a very, very poor city. And he saw people die consistently of diseases that could have been cured. He saw people die of diseases that could have been prevented. And he saw people die of diseases that had no cure at all. And the problem he had was he wanted to do something to help those people. And so as a little boy, he asked God to help him become a doctor. And so he made a decision. Every time he saw somebody sick and every time he saw somebody die, he says, Lord, I thank you for helping me to become a doctor. And so as a little boy, he began to grow up and he grew so tall that his dad asked him, he said, son, I know you like soccer, but I want you to change to basketball. Now, this is in Africa now. And so he switched over to basketball, but he wasn't as good at basketball because he was he wasn't coordinated yet. 
And so he was growing taller and taller, and it got to the point now where he finished high school, and his grades were so good, he received an academic scholarship to a university here in the States. So he went to school to pursue being a doctor. He started his medical just pursuit in school. And then one of the, the basketball coaches saw him and said, son, I'd like you to come and I want you to try out for the team. Well, he said, well, why not? Because at this point he has grown to seven feet. He's a seven feet doctor. Can you imagine him operating on you? The table is way over here and his arm reaching way over here. Doctor, are you sure you can reach me? Well, guess what? He joined the team and he made it. And he was so good that he was drafted in the first round of the NBA. Now watch this. It looks like his dream and his desire was not coming to pass. But God financially blessed him so much as an NBA player. He made over millions of dollars to the point where he donated 15 million back to Africa. Watch this now. To make a facility to provide the resources and the staff, and he raised millions more from his foundation to help produce a medical city. And guess what his name was? It was Matumbo. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, his dream still came to pass. See, even though he had a vision to help, he thought he was going to be the person to directly help, but God used him to fund the help. Amen. So you got to have a vision. That's number one. Number two, you got to get a revelation of the new you. You got to get a revelation of the new you. I want you to go over to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. You got to get a revelation of the new you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Here's my question. Who's in Christ tonight? It says, if any man be in Christ. He is a what? Come on, class. He's a what kind of creature? He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are what? Become new. Now, the word old there, you know, the the Greek word is archaea, which just means old. It means our original and ancient condition. So really what he was saying is, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Watch this. Old, archaic, or original and ancient conditions are passed away, and behold, all things will become new. Listen, many Christians spend their whole life trying to fix their or, or repair their old them instead of looking at the new them. Listen, you can't fix the old you. The old you is dead. Colossians 3.3 3 says, listen, for you are dead and your life is hid with God in Christ. In other words, why should you spend your whole life trying to fix or repair the old you when in reality that person's dead? See, you, listen, in order for you to have a vision, you got to get a revelation of the new you. And we must get a revelation that we're new people, not old people trying to become new. Did you hear what I said? We're not old people trying to become new. We are new people fighting the old. See, the old man is dead. Only you can wake him up. Come on. You you can wake your old man up just by what you're watching. 
See, every morning you ought to, before you even wake up and your eyes even pop open, you need to say to yourself, flesh, old man, you in the casket, I bury you now. And so when somebody wants to wake up the old man in you, you got to put a dagger in his heart. Get down, boy. When, you, when your old man want to rise up and cuss somebody out, you say, oh, no, you dead. And see, people, hey, look at, you know, I don't know if y'all, I'm going to show my age now. Uh, you know, when I grew up, they, they used to have this show called In Living Color. And they had this guy that used to own this restaurant. And he would be talking crazy. People would be walking in and he's just sitting there going, Michael Jackson, he flies. Baby, walk around in wheelchairs. I mean, he just says crazy stuff. Well, well, you might have to start talking to yourself like that. When somebody's cussing you out, you might just say, oh, Lord, I bless you right now. Maybe you'll run them off so you won't have to cuss them out. But you got to get a revelation of the new you. Go to Mark chapter 2 very quickly. Mark chapter 2. Let me show you what happens when you try to put a new vision in an old man. Mark chapter 2. Are you there in Mark 2? Matthew, Mark. Look in chapter 2. It says, I'm starting in verse 22. It says, and no man puts new wine into some old bottles. It says, unless the new wine is going to burst the bottles and the wine is spilled and the bottles, watch this now, will be marred, but the new wine must be put in what? New bottles. You can't put this vision and these desires and these, these hopes and these big things that you have in your life. You cannot afford to process them through your whole life. See, what most people don't know, the devil is right there uh, trying to accuse you to God. The Bible says that he's an accuser of who? He's an accuser of the brethren. But see, what we don't realize is when he tries to accuse you, by the time he makes it to God with what you did, I done already confessed my sin. So by the time he gets there, ain't nothing to accuse because I done already got forgiveness. See, that's how the new you have to think. The new you says, listen, I'm new in Christ. Those old things have passed away. I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. I have confidence. And now listen, my confidence is that when I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me for my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So when the devil tries to accuse me, by the time he makes it to heaven and talks to God, God says, I don't know what you're talking about. All I see is some blood. See, confidence is your secret weapon against the devil. He can only respond to how you act. Amen. Now, how do you know when you have a revelation of, a, of your new you? This is how you know. When you know more about the new you than you do the old you. I'm going to say that one again. Let me get closer to the audience. How, how do you know? That you're walking in the new you versus the old you. It's when you know more about the new you than you do the old you. See, some of y'all know y'all self. Yeah, yeah, and you talk about it. I hope she will come back to me with that mess. I will slap the skin off her face and spin her around like a jack-o'-lantern. I mean, that's the old you. You know you and you, you brag on it. I wish she would. I wish he would. <laughs> 
girl, that girl know me, I will beat her down into next week. I mean, you know you. But see, do you know the new you? See, the new you says, you know what? I'm delivered from that mess. Listen, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Listen, I am the greater one lives inside of me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. When you know that you are more than a conqueror, then being conquered is not an issue for you. See, you got to know who the new you in here and you are. See, I, I got this revelation a long time ago. See, most of us, we know the old us, but we don't really know the new us. See, you know, everybody say 26 years ago. You know, I had to put some timetable on there so y'all can understand what I'm saying. You know, 26 years ago, I used to be uh, a small, druffic, uh, uh, how can I say it, drug traffic controller. <laughs> See, what happened was, <laughs> you know, I say, what happened was... <laughs> I used to enjoy smoking weed. So I, 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 I got a revelation one day that I don't want to keep paying for the weed I'm smoking. So what can I do? I had to get a vision. I got a vision. I got a vision. I got a vision. I got a vision. And here was the vision. The vision was if you will sell some weed, It'll pay for what you're smoking. So I became a marijuana entrepreneur. How many know what I'm talking about? Let me see your hand. So I would buy some bags. I'd roll them up. And then I say, okay, if I sold this many, I get my money back. And I got all this over here to smoke for myself. But then I got saved. <laughs> yeah. And now I got another revelation. I'm not a dope pusher. I'm a hope pusher. You got to get a revelation of the new you. There's a new person inside of you. Stop focusing on who you used to be and look at who God has made you to be. You got to get a revelation of the new you. Stop focusing on what you used to do and look at the potential that's on the inside of you. Look at the person. Look at, see, when you are full of the new you, all the promises just bubble up on the inside of you. You walk around and you say, oh, 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 thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. That I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. If God be for me, who can be against me? See, when those promises, when you see the new you, guess what? The impossibilities now become possible. Because, see, all things are possible to him that believe. But, see, you can only believe if you're seeing the new you. So after you get a vision, and then after you see the new you, then you got to get in position. Everybody say, get a vision. Come on, say it like you mean to get a vision. Get a revelation. And then you got to get in position. Go to Matthew chapter 6 as we close. Matthew 6. I need you to get this word deep inside of you because let me say this to you. 
when sometimes when there are big doors, there may be big devils. And if you don't know the, who the new you is, you will think the devil is bigger than the door. See, if we're going to expand in 2011, if we're going to dream, if, if we're going to possess some land, that may be some devils you have to dispossess. But see, don't worry about the dispossessing part because God has already given you the ability to dispossess. See, what you don't know, that whatever happened to you in 2010, if it didn't kill you, God is going to work it together for you. Let me put it in a different way. Whatever happened to you in 2010, whatever struggle you had, whatever challenge you had, let me me tell you something. If God didn't think you could handle it, it never would have happened to you. Amen. Amen. Now, look in Matthew 6. You've got to get in position. I believe there is an unlimited supply of supernatural favor and blessing when we are in position. Watch this now. When we're in, in a position of a God first position. Everybody say a God first position. Now, Matthew 6, everybody knows the scripture. It says, but seek ye what? First the what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what happens? All these things, everybody say things. Things. Everybody say things. Things. There are some things that God has for you. And all you have to do to get them is to stay in a God first position. Now you may be here saying, Pastor, what is a God first position? Let me read that verse in another translation. It says, don't ever worry and say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what kind of job am I going to have? Or what are we going to wear? He says, everyone is concerned about these things. And your heavenly father certainly knows you need all of them. But first be concerned about his kingdom and what his approval is. Then all these things will be provided. See, all you have to do is put what God matters first if you put it first he puts you first I want you to write this down I want you to write this down write this down putting God's kingdom first is simply making what's important to God important to you I'm gonna say that again putting God's kingdom first is simply making what's important to God important to you see let me explain it this way our part is always first. First, it is natural, and then it is spiritual. See, God has already initiated his part. He's just waiting on us to do it. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean? The Bible says if we draw close to God, what happens? Then he draws close to us. So who has to go first? Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you got to go first. See, listen, when they were ready to cross over, the big, you know, sea, and Moses had a stick. Now, I don't know how many of those people were black people. But I could just see us going, well, wait a minute now. I ain't getting my hair wet. Moses, do you have any kind of cap that I can put on? It's too much missing rain up in here. Honey, I think we need to go back. I can just see some of y'all doing that too. Watch this. 
in order for that supernatural miracle to take place, something natural had to take place first. God said to Moses, Moses, take the stick that's in your hand and just raise it up. Now, simple instructions, but if you notice, the natural came first and then the supernatural happened second. And so this year, when God begins to do some things in your life, he may ask you to do something first. God, I want a new house. He may say, pull your credit. See, some of y'all see you shaking your head already. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Not that. Oh, God. Don't do that to me. Well, you don't know. He could have supernaturally erased it. I want you to look at one more miracle. Go to, go to uh, Luke chapter 5 and we'll close. I have three minutes. Are y'all okay? Luke chapter 5. Let me show you a God first position. One of our members reached out, and I, I, I so appreciate those who text people uh, and told them about the service tonight. And I believe that when you advance the kingdom, God advances you. People wonder how pastors sometimes supernaturally get moved on so fast. It's because when, you're, when you make your business about souls, God makes your soul his business. Watch this. Luke chapter 5, are you there? Let me show you a God first position. Luke chapter 5, look at verse 3. Well, look at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed on Jesus to hear the word of God. Man, now I'm talking about, listen, they, they want church. They went church on time. You know, worship is good when we all in here worshiping. You know, the praise team don't like to preach the empty seats. These people pressed to hear the word. And, and they saw, and he saw two ships out there by the lake. And the fishermen were gone. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he asked Simon, and he said, thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, and Jesus taught the people out of Peter's ship. Now, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Now, wait a minute. Let me show you. Jesus asked Peter to use his ship. Now, a kingdom first position says, God, whatever is mine is thine. Because Jesus wants to use you, but he wants to use you to reach some people. And so if you notice, Peter allowed Jesus to use his boat and his boat was able to reach some people. Let me tell you this. When we make the kingdom first in 2011, see, God has already positioned us to help Reach some new people. Listen, tons of people may not go to church who watch Pastor Osteen. So he says, I want to partner with Word of Truth Family Church. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God to use that church to bring those people who don't come to church and watch me. I want them to know that that's a good church. So God wants us to reach out to those people. And when you make the kingdom first, look what happened to Peter. It says, he says, Peter. Launch out into the deep and let you down in your nets. And Simon said, Master, we have worked all night and we've taken nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. Because when you do kingdom work, your work is, less hard, is not as hard. 
See, God told me to tell some of y'all what took some people 10 years, you're going to do in 10 months. What it took, watch, watch this. What it cost them to get married, it ain't going to cost you nothing. Why they had to fill out a thousand applications, somebody just going to come up to you and offer you a job. It says now, he went and he brought in a multitude of fishes and his net break. I believe 2011 is going to be a year of great manifestations of God-given dreams and promises. And you know what? I declare over you in Jesus' name that your best is ahead of you and not behind you. I declare that you will succeed in reaching every goal, every desire, every dream that God has put in your heart. I declare in Jesus' name that 2011 will be the best year yet. And I declare to you that delays have been canceled and destinies have been released. You will possess God's best. You will expand. You will grow. You will dream. You will have bigger. You will have better. And I declare it in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, give the Lord a hand if you will. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Lord, we declare that 2011 will be an exorbitant year for us. Things will come to us. We will gravitate toward favor. That everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, they will take what was heard tonight and they will absorb it into their system. And that Father, the new them will rise up in 2011. And they will conquer, and they will conquest, and they will dream, and they will build, and they will expand, and they will possess, and they will grow. And Lord, I thank you that, Father, acceleration has taken place tonight. And acceleration will produce manifestation. Bless us tonight, God. We could have been at a club tonight. We could have stayed at home. We could have just been shopping or sleeping. But Father, we came to hear from you. And we thank you that just like you showed up in 2010 for favor for the faithful, that 2011 will be a year that we possess the promises of God. We will start on our new facility. We will have a new family. We will grow and expand. And we will put the kingdom first in Jesus' name. With every head, every head bowed, and every eye closed, you may be.